Welcome to HeartSpace, a show that will give you tools to awaken your intuition and the courage to listen to your heart so that you can create your best life. I'm your host, Sarah Lewis, an intuitive life coach, and my mission is to show you that you already have everything you need, and it's all in your heart space. Hello friends, welcome back to HeartSpace. This is episode 6 and today I share a conversation that I had with the amazing Susan Hunt from Live Lightly. Susan Hunt is a spiritual teacher and Buddhist. She lives in Taos, New Mexico with her husband Dan and their wolf dog. Sue teaches spiritually transformative workshops all over the U.S., she is also a yoga therapist and teaches Eastern philosophy, yogic practice, embodying the divine feminine and meditation in teacher trainings, national workshops, and international yoga retreats. Sue and her husband offer group and solo immersion retreats that submerge the student's body and mind in plant medicine, conscious consumption, mindful living, and spiritual practice with mind-altering effects. In this conversation, we cover how Sue accidentally found yoga, how she followed what she loved and eventually turned it into her career, the role intuition plays in her life and the resilience it took to reconnect to it, how she let go of her deep-seated fear and reconnected to her intuition in order to grow her relationship with her husband and her business, the balance between the masculine and the feminine energies in her life and in her business, her commitment to her spiritual practice and how it allows her to stay in alignment and create a life that she really loves, and she also shares with us some practices that have helped her protect her heart space and blow her mind wide open so that she's not the person holding herself back. I had so much fun having this conversation with Sue and learned so much. And I was also really inspired to be even more present and committed with my spiritual practice than ever. So I really hope that you'll enjoy this conversation Everything that we mention will be in the show notes below and you can also find them on my website sarahlewis.co forward slash podcast forward slash six and you'll have everything there. So without further ado, let's bring the amazing Susan on. Hi Sue, welcome to HeartSpace. I'm so excited to have you on the show today and I'm really excited for our conversation. Thank you, Sarah. Thanks for having me and I love this adventure that you're on and I'm happy to be a part of it. It's going to be so fun. Um, I'd love to start by asking you a kind of a fun question before we dive in deeper into our conversation and it is what was your morning routine or ritual today? 
So usually I wake up and drink coffee because I just absolutely love it. So that's a big part of my ritual. And then I often sit in seated meditation. And right now I'm doing a 120-day sadhana, which means I do it every day for 120 days, the same meditation. Wow, that's impressive. So you do that every day. And, and how, how far in are you now? Four weeks in. Wow. So I'll go just past the summer solstice. Wow, that's a big commitment. It's amazing. I love that you're doing that. So inspiring. <laughs> awesome. So can you tell us a little bit more about yourself and your story? I love to hear people's stories and where they come from and all that, how, it, how their story has shaped them also. Definitely. So I call Taos, New Mexico home right now. I've been here for about two years. And prior to that, my husband and I were nomadic. So mm. we did bus life and van life for about three years, which was pretty awesome. And then prior to that, I used to own yoga studios. And I've been teaching meditation, contemplation, Buddhism, and yoga for the last 15 years, wow. really all over the U.S. and overseas. And I would say that's been the biggest current in my life that you know, keeps me excited and interested and mindful of everything that I'm doing constantly. And it's one of the biggest, most rejuvenating things. So even though it's my professional life, mm -hmm. it's also you know, when you just have that deep driving yearning to fulfill, mm -hmm. like your inner desire is just like every day it feels like that. And that's beautiful. Yeah, it's exciting. And it's kind of like, okay, well, I'll just keep following that. I'll just keep following that. Mm -hmm. And how did you get into doing that for work as well? Accidentally, honestly. <laughs> so I started uh, practicing when I was really young, um, like 11, 12, 13 I had some uh, lower back injuries and they weren't fun. So I really was seeking healing on a deep level, even as a child, because I was around, you know, 60 year olds that had a lot of injuries and I had the same injury. So that was a little bit of a bummer <laughs> as a child. Yeah, I can imagine. <laughs> um, so that's really how I found asana. And then from there, so I have a lot of uh, water in my astrological signature. So I'm very adaptable and pretty fluid. So I just sort of moved from community to community learning and studying because that was very, very important mm -hmm. to me, especially when I had more freedom in my late teens and early 20s. Um, and really, it came to me naturally. So people just started asking, hey, can you help me with this? Or, hey, would you be willing to teach diverse populations? That's really how it started. So I used to work in um, cancer centers. With, wow, that's so cool. Yeah. So I just sort of followed followed the path I mean it wasn't always easy that's for sure mm -hmm. and it took a little while to make it um, you know financially sustainable but when I first began I had you know no interest in, in making it my profession I just continued doing what I loved well wow, that's so beautiful because I feel that a lot of the time that's exactly what we need to do is like what would you do for free like that, that's really what you need to pursue. It's not always easy to make it financially sustainable, like you said, but eventually I think it happens when it's something that you deeply love and that you're connected to something higher. And that's really beautiful that you did that. So can you tell us a bit more about how exactly you work, what different, maybe what different types of things you do in your work? Mm-hmm, totally. 
So my husband and I run Live Lightly, which is a health and wellness company. Um, we have a organic non-GMO supplement line, and that's really his baby. So that's exciting that we can, you know, bring our passions together. And then I man the contemplation side, which is a lot of one-on-one um, work together in a spiritual container that I call Connect to Spirit. And then I travel all over and teach um, immersions or workshops. Um, and then I'm, I also do year-long programs, so people can sign on for a year with me, and we can, you know, deeply transform some of your self-limiting thinking. We start there, and then as that starts to fall away, then a lot of opportunities for growth and expansion start to emerge. So there's a couple different avenues that you can um, be a part of. Live lightly. That sounds really amazing. I'll definitely put the link in the show notes so that people can find you. And how is working with your husband like? Awesome. So we run two companies together. We also run um, a desktop filament winder company, and that's a 3D printing company. So we already have a lot of experience working together, which is fantastic. And then, you know, we built our tiny home really from the get-go of our relationship. So there's a lot of clear communication that has to happen. And um, a lot of boundaries. So sometimes we're, we're both super creative. So he's a Leo male and just like really out in the world and really heart-centered behavior is his MO. So sometimes when we get together and we start brainstorming, we actually have to push the pause button, you know, like at 8 p.m. at night, like, hey, babe, let's, let's not talk live lightly. Let's go do something, you know, out in nature or walk our dog or whatever it may be. So that's actually the trick for us because we're always sort of constantly creating. Um, but sometimes you need to let, you know, let the mind recharge and just spend intimate time together. So that's probably the, the finest boundary that we walk together. Wow. That's really interesting. I'm so fascinated by like people who manage to make their relationship work while working together. It's really, it's so interesting, but it's amazing that you make it work and you probably balance each other in so many ways. Yes, totally. That's huge. So I'm sometimes can be such a big picture person and so far out there and uh, very, very just like excited about everything. And he is much more, you know, sort of day to day. Um, Here's our next couple steps, you know, and really we can put those two skill sets together. Yeah, that sounds like the perfect match. (laughs) And it seems like um, you, and I'm sure that he is as well, are very connected to your intuition. So can you tell us a little bit more about that? Uh, How, like, what role does your intuition play in your life, especially? Definitely. So intuition's huge. And I think sometimes it takes takes a lot of resilience to find it, if that Mm -hmm. makes sense. Mm -hmm. You know, so there's so many thoughts going on in the mindscape and so many different voices playing in the mindscape all the time. So it's good to understand which ones are pulling you away from truth and which ones are moving you closer to truth. So over time, I think I really figured out how to anchor into the side of me that's connected. And believe it or not, that side is uh, sometimes like a little bit shaky. Sometimes my heart rate goes up. Sometimes I'm excited is a good word, but also a little bit of unease. Does that make sense? Where I know I'm going to face the unknown if I make that choice. And then the other side of me thinks like it knows. (laughs) And it's a little more 
dictative, you know, she's a little bit more like orderly. So sometimes I'm like, huh, that's really interesting. So like early on in my path, I pushed myself hard to get into spaces that made me really uncomfortable where I had to share in front of huge groups and my heart rate was going crazy and maybe I was choking back tears or <laughs> oh, wow, that's <laughs> <You know>. intense. <laughs> <laughs> but it taught me that when you get when you get your thought and emotion to line up in a really cohesive magnetic way that feels like intuition to me when I'm like oh okay cool so I see just the strong current moving me in that direction mm. there's not a lot of mental drama or rationalization mm-hmm. yeah, I love the word that you use magnetic that's so true yeah intuition is such a big part of my life and of what I do with my business so it's so interesting to see it in other people's lives and businesses and I'm sure it It also, like, obviously, when your life and your business are so close to each other, intuition has to play a role in your business as well, right? Mm-hmm. Totally. I definitely agree. Uh, going to say, I think that, you know, as a, and when I became a, you know, first on the, my entrepreneurial, entrepreneurial path, there was this essence of, Um, oh, well, I've got to make money or this deep-seated mm. fear. And this is how everybody else is doing it. And there wasn't a lot of intuition there. And mm. over time, I, I was like, I need to just sort of strip the fear consciousness away. It's got to go away. It's got to go away because it's really limiting the future growth of my relationship with my husband, mm-hmm. you know, where we can live, how we can work, just our daily lifestyle endeavors. Um, and the more that we stripped away the fear of like, well, no one else is doing it like this. Okay, let's, you know, test it with rigor. And mm-hmm. if it works, perfect. <laughs> yeah, and that's where intuition can be also balanced with more strategy and, and rigor, like you said. So there's like that balance between also feminine and masculine energies. And I'm sure you have that in, because you're working with your husband as well. So it's such a beautiful balance of yin and yang Definitely. I think that's a great point too. you know, so I was on an entrepreneur before my husband and that it took a long, it was a long learning process to really understand like how much feminine I need and how much masculine I need. It's a little easier with my husband because we can play those roles in a socially acceptable way mm-hmm. um, that other people understand. But sometimes as a woman, when you're, you know, stepping into your masculinity and you're riding solo It's a bit threatening. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, for sure. And do you have any um, practices that helped you really connect and align with your intuition or any rituals or tips that you'd like to share that could help people? Definitely. Uh, so meditation is a big part of my life. Mm. I mean, I would say mm. it's, you know, 90% of my life. <laughs> so I go into the sadhana periods for particular reasons. Um, you know, I did one prior to this one that was more about protecting my heart because I can be really um, way too open and, and almost just so giving that I don't have any prerequisites or boundaries. So prior to this one, I did want a sadhana that was protecting my heart. Mm. Um, the one that I'm currently in right now is more about, you know, shattering glass ceilings and getting my um, 
my deepest driving desire to align with my bis. So sometimes those sound the same, but we have to sort of get down to the bottom of our desire. Is it to mm. expand or is mm-hmm. it to stay safe? Oh, yeah. I feel you on that mm-hmm. one for sure. <laughs> totally. So, you know, that go into certain periods, um, not really looking for results, but hoping to, uh, you know, sort of blow my mind wide open so that I'm not the person holding myself back. Mm. Yeah, that's very yeah. true. I think that's so many of us are, we're actually the ones holding ourselves back from what we really want. And that's very, very true that doing work around that is so powerful and so important. Mm-hmm. I, I 100% agree. I think that might be top of the list to find your intuition. <laughs> yes, absolutely. And can you tell us a bit more about, uh, you said the work that you did around protecting your heart, because obviously this podcast is all about also connecting to your heart space. So that would be really beautiful if you could tell us a bit more if you don't, if it's okay with you. Sure. Yeah. So often I feel like my femininity was so willing to give and to give to a place of depletion mm. where, you know, I, I would often value someone more than I valued myself, or I would always get myself into an energetic situation where I was in service to somebody else, Mm. because that's a place that I'm very comfortable and that I know really well, you know, as Mm -hmm. a yoga teacher, as Mm -hmm. as someone who's very altruistic, um, as someone who's, you know, deeply connected to emotion, that was an, an easy place for me to be. But over time, it created a lot of drain Um, on my own personal resources and, you know, my ability to be present for myself, um, my business and my relationship. It's sort of a tough pill to swallow because, you know, giving feels amazing, but only so much that it doesn't deplete your inner resources. Absolutely. Mm. Mm -hmm. And that's why you have to start with yourself first and really fill your own cup before you can give to anyone else. Mm-hmm. I think that's really important. It's a hard lesson to learn, mm-hmm. too. <laughs> yeah, because you... it feels so natural to be always giving, and you know, and and I guess that it's it's can be really hard to find that the right balance between how much is actually good for you to give and when is it okay for you to give, and when you have to actually maybe retreat a little bit and slow down and look at what you need first. Mm-hmm. Definitely. And I think that's kind of a ebb and flow, the constant ebb and mm-hmm. flow of if I want to show up with brilliance, then I need to make sure that my reserve tanks are full. Yeah. My energetic reserve tanks are full. Yeah, that's so important. And um, what does living from your heart, from your heart space, mean to you? And what does it look like for you? Mm hmm. I think it looks like abundant creativity for me. Mm. Uh, it looks like a sense of uh, like deep internal balance. Mm-hmm. So, you know, the more that I move into my truth and, you know, really walk the teachings that I'm teaching, it, it looks a little interesting to people on the outside because I have to spend a lot of time you know, in sadhana, a lot of time in meditation, a lot of time in 
safe, loving environments with my husband so that when, you know, I go out into the world, I can carry that frequency. Mm. Yes. So, you know, it's a lot of actual uh, boundaries, a lot of really strict boundaries, and sometimes they're not that fun, but they don't feel um, like a sacrifice, if that makes sense. Yeah. So from the outside, it might be like, oh, she can't go to dinner and have three glasses of wine or whatever. And that's okay with me. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You know, that's totally okay with me. Um, So it's like an interesting line where it's like, this doesn't feel like a sacrifice, but it also feels like a necessity because I want to keep that frequency alive, you know, when I'm out in the world and then sharing my work or sharing myself. Yes. And the most important is for you to be okay with those boundaries and because they're your boundaries. So it doesn't really matter what it looks like from the outside. Totally. Yeah. So that's kind of the interesting thing I think with living from the heart space is that it has to feel just authentically you. Mm. And sometimes it is hard to swallow what other people think about it, but that doesn't deter you from, you know, really walking that uh, path of heart-centered action for you. Absolutely. And um, yeah, that's so true. It has to be authentic and, and be right for you before anything else. And where um, has living from that space led you in your life and in your business and all that? So I definitely have a big smile on my face right now because <laughs> I feel like <laughs> that's that's such a large evolution. I mean, if I look back at the last decade of my life and, you know, really look at all of the choices that I made that were from a deep place of, you know, heart connection um, to my surroundings, to myself, um, I just couldn't have even imagined that this is where I would be. Mm. You know, sometimes three months goes by, my husband and I look at each other like, oh my God, we did so much. <laughs> that was so fast that was such a booster shot to our consciousness so I think just it's it's expectationless it's absolutely expectationless if you moment to moment if you're living in that heart-centered place in a Mm -hmm. really long that you you can't even guess like your ego mind just can't even guess Mm -hmm. never (laughs) It (laughs) it can only really feel of like yeah, this, this fits. Yeah, this fits. Yeah, this fits. Okay, what's next? Yeah, this fits. And then all of a sudden you look back and you're like, wow, I can't believe that, you know, those building blocks stacked or, oh, great. I don't have to believe it. I just keep trusting. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) You don't have to believe it. You just have to continue (laughs) listening and connecting to yourself and, and just flow with where it takes you. Right. Totally. Yeah. And it leads you to beautiful places. (laughs) So unexpected, like you said, (laughs) Definitely. Yeah. And I think that the like staying with your practice and staying with yourself, whatever Mm -hmm. that practice is that keeps you connected is the only way, you know, to look back at 365 days and just be amazed that that's what transpired from those 365 days. Oh, yeah. Commitment and practice are so important. I think they're like the foundation to all of it. (laughs) Totally. Totally agree with you. And you mentioned that you started doing your work kind of by accident, but has there been a shift in your life or a moment when you realized that you needed to 
really go within you and find the answers that you may have been looking for in yourself so that you could let your intuition and your heart guide you? Or has it always been really effortless and natural to you? Yeah, I do think there was a bit of a deliberate shift. So I would say, you know, it was pretty effortless and natural in my younger years Mm. because I just, I had a little bit more of a, ah, screw it, I'll just do this. Mm-hmm. You know, it wasn't it wasn't as calculated, but it was very, um, you know, self motivated. But I think you know, I I really got into the health and wellness community in the U.S. like really deep when I I used to live in New York City and worked for a nonprofit, you know, and then I moved to Cincinnati, Ohio, and owned some yoga studios. And once I really saw the inner fabric of the health and wellness community. I was like, wow, we are preaching so many things and just not walking the walk. Mm. And so I had this like deep inner fire of, I must do an about face. I must, my business must restructure the way that people integrate these learnings into their life. So I walked away from my yoga studios because I just, I didn't believe in the model. Mm -hmm. Uh, I didn't believe in the business model. Um, and that was very scary for hundreds of people that were my students and that were walking in and out of the doors of the studio and they couldn't understand why I was doing what I was doing. And they were like, but wait, this is your dream life. You know, and I, I wanted to live in a different place. You know, I wanted to live in, on the land that I was really connected to. I wanted to be able to teach all over the place you know, brick and mortar wasn't my favorite thing to be a part of. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was a really big decision where I had to sort of just pull myself up by my bootstraps, you know, do the best I could in my mm-hmm. communication. Of, yes, you know, to the world, my life looks beautiful from the outside. But on the inside, I feel some real fun to, fundamental issues with the way that we're not walking the walk right now. And that's on me to design a better system so that people can really change the way that they live. Yeah, that's such an inspiring message. Yeah, I mean, inspired. And it didn't look beautiful at the beginning, that's for sure. You know, it did for me in my like sort of buffing my inner diamond phase. Um, to everybody else, they were sort of like, oh my gosh, what are you doing? What are you doing? <laughs> wow. And how did you deal with that? Um, it was challenging for sure. I did a lot of, um, deep inner searching. It was a big, big lesson for me on, you know, what the pressures of social structure looks like Mm -hmm. and then how to manifest something deep within that, you know, answers the problems of the social structure. Mm -hmm. And would you say that the life that you have designed for yourself and that you've created for yourself now is the one that you wanted? I'd say it's pretty damn close. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And And it's always evolving and changing anyway. So yeah, definitely. And it's evolving and changing in interesting ways because if we're reaching into the future, that wasn't the case seven, eight, nine years ago. You know, I knew that I had this deep inner fire, Mm -hmm. but I needed my outside world to match. Mm -hmm. You know, I couldn't Mm -hmm. just keep sort of, you know, going by the seat of my pants because I was, I did, I wasn't really putting down roots in a positive way, Mm -hmm. if that makes sense, even though I was deeply connected to my spirituality. Mm -hmm. And you've always been connected to that part of yourself. 
for better or for worse. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's true. It's not always all glamorous and beautiful and positive all the time, is it? I think that's a misconception sometimes and that we don't always face. No, I mean, I don't know, in this in this world, sometimes I feel like uh, the spiritual and self-development world, I feel like it's sometimes all about positive and the light and all that, but the darkness also has a big role to play. And I think that's so important. Can you relate to that? Oh, certainly. Yeah, mm -hmm. I think that the more that we embrace sort, sort of the ignorant things that we did in our past or, you know, our lack of an ability to connect to destructive emotions, like the more that we go into that realm, the easier it is for it, us to clear it, you know, really clear it out of the heart, really clear it out of our trajectory. Mm-hmm. If not, it's sort of going to pop up on you all the time. Mm, true. And do you use meditation mostly to clear all that you don't want that's not serving you anymore? Or do you have other types of practices as well? Definitely. Um, so I think diet and nature is, mm. you, know, you know, right underneath, uh, you know, contemplative sitting for me. Mm -hmm. Um I think being in the frequency of nature is so important. I definitely get a little bit antsy if I'm not, yeah. um, you know, every 72 hours spending a good amount of time outside. And then um, con consumption is a really big uh, pillar for me and understanding just how my body feels and, you know, really keeping it mm -hmm. in the upper end of the spectrum as much as possible and, you know, not denying pain or denying discomfort or irritation, but making sure everything that I put in uh, elevates as opposed to aggravates. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's so important. And um, would you have any tips on people who are getting started on this wellness or, or spiritual journey. And for example, especially with meditation, I feel like we know how important it is, but some people still have a lot of resistance towards it or don't really know how to start. And they're like probably spending 90% of their time in that kind of state would be too much for now. But do you have any, any tips to get started on that journey? Yeah, definitely. So there's so many great resources out there right now, but I do feel like before you jump to the book, to the app, to the next teacher, mm -hmm. you know, whatever it may be that you take a couple weeks, you know, one week at the minimum, seven days and three to six times a day, you check in with yourself. Mm -hmm. So that could be, Hey, how are you feeling? Hey, what's your mood? Hey, did that person upset you? you know, hey, oh, I'm really tired at this time in the day. Oh, I have a lot of energy at this point in the day. Um, oh, this habit really isn't serving me. It's draining me a bit. I'm going to see if I can keep tracking my mood during this habit because it might need to go at some point. Um, mm -hmm. So I would suggest like a mood journal. Um, and I'm a little bit, uh, I don't really journal like, you know, pen and paper. I often talk to text into my phone. I'll write myself mm. an email. Mm. I'll I'll jot something down on my iPhone notes. That's <laughs> because cool. Because I, you know, yeah, it's like it doesn't have to be um, this you know all encompassing burdensome thing where you have to sit down and you know write in this pretty journal that you you know bought from your local bookstore. If that works for you, that's incredible. Mm -hmm. But it can also be like, a, oh yeah, well I'm kind of moving, but I also need a time to check in. So I want to make that really accessible for people. 
Um, so I often suggest keep a mood journal for a week or two weeks so that you, you are beginning the um, journey inward in a very integrative, easy way. Mm. Because we want to make sure that it's integrative and easy from the get-go. We've got to convince the mind that it's time well spent. So if, you, if you've never meditated and all of a sudden you just download an app and you're like, oh, I'm going to do this for 15 minutes every morning. 90% of the time that goes away in about three days oh yeah oh yeah it does and, and, and that's that, totally cool it's let's fine. just acknowledge that that's real yeah true and, and I think we have to get really real about this that's why I really love what you shared because I'm all about like really try to maybe try different things and see what really feels right for you intuitively and do that. Even if it's just one thing, even if like you said, it's not journaling and sitting down somewhere to do that in a pretty journal, or if, even if it's in your notes, just like do what works for you and find ways to make it work for you and then commit to that. Mm -hmm. Totally. Mm. So that's step one is like, let's just start the process of figuring out what might work and so that would be a mood journal for a week mm, you know three to that idea. Times a day. yeah let me see how I'm doing let me see what's up let me see what I'm thinking let me see what I'm thinking and how that's depositing into my body and that could take a couple minutes and you do that a couple times a day mm-hmm. that's really cool I love that idea I I actually I try to do that myself and it's really helpful to just try to tune in and like into yourself and, and slow down for a moment and ask yourself what, what do I really need right now and how am I really feeling? So it can be really useful, a really great tool. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah, of course. I 100% agree with you. And what kind of um, offerings do you have out right now that can really support the people listening? Um, what's the best way to work with you? What would you recommend? All that. <laughs> Definitely. So my website is livelightlyyoga.com. And it talks a little bit about me and my journey, a little bit about my husband and his journey. And then there's a couple tabs at the top, which are study and retreats. And mm-hmm. not everything is destination. A lot of the work I do is remote. So over the phone, you know, mm-hmm. remote healing over the phone. Um, and virtual retreat spaces, um, because I think you know we get a technology gets a lot of backlash in our new age world, but it's True. also mm-hmm. absolutely incredible. Yes, you know, like you and I can connect this way. You can pick your community mm-hmm. in a really intentional, high vibrating, high vibrating way. So I just absolutely love that. So I offer a lot of virtual Dharma talks, which is you know discussions on. Buddhist philosophy and Buddhist psychology and, and how to live spirituality and all that is on um, livelightlyyoga.com. Okay. And we'll, I'll put the link in the show notes so people will have access to that. And yeah, I love what you say about technology. I think, yes, it gets a lot of backlash. And the thing is that we, I mean, yes, sometimes overdoing anything isn't good. So it's it's the same with technology, but if we can use it for good, if we can use it to connect with people from all over the world and to serve people and to do online sessions and connect with people that we may never have been able to connect with otherwise, I think that it's a beautiful thing in that way. Mm-hmm. And like you said, otherwise we wouldn't be talking right now. And I think that, yeah, we should give it more credit sometimes for, for that kind of, of opportunities that it gives us wholeheartedly agree and also 
you know, echoing what you said that anything in excess is no good. Um, anything, yeah, in, you know, moderation can be uh, a mindful journey inward. So I think that's huge mm-hmm. to reframe technology and how you use it in your spiritual life to be a benefit to you. Yeah, like everything. Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely agree. And is there anything that you that I might have missed that you want to talk about, like a topic that's really close to your heart that I'm, yep. Yeah. Yeah, I think if I could, you know, just interject at how important seated meditation is. And so when I go into a sadhana, it's mm-hmm. from a the Kundalini system right now, which is a set of kriyas. Mm-hmm. So if you if you have any interest in that, just you know, type it into Google. Mm-hmm. You know, see what's going on with Kundalini and kriyas, and you can start with a with three minutes a day which is incredible. So, you know, 3, 11, 22, 31, 62, that's in minutes, you know, and you can really, you know, up ratchet or down ratchet for all the different energy systems of your body, um, Mm. body, mind relationships. So I think that that's a great place to start to with small amounts and then Mm -hmm. figuring out how to, you know, reprogram your subconscious meditation over time is uh, hugely beneficial. Yeah, I actually just started um, my journey with Kundalini Yoga. Um, like, I think it was Yay. a few months ago because I've always <laughs> I've heard of Kundalini before, but I didn't really know how to do anything or practice anything. And I've actually just started, so I'm still a beginner, and I'm actually loving it. I love the the practices, and um, I don't do much right now. But do you have any like? Again, if it's someone who's just beginning a little Kriya, you say, yeah, um, that you could start with that's not too much, like maybe three minutes. I know that's a good amount of time. Um, any Anything you would recommend to start with? Yeah. So um, when I was saying I did the heart protection sadhana, yeah. so I did a Kriya that's called protection um projection and protection of heart space mm-hmm. and so um Beautiful. kriya by bhajan yeah incredible um i did it in a public class once and i was just like this is so beneficial you know i'm gonna incorporate this into my own personal swasadna like my personal practice um so you can actually google that heart meditation for okay. projection and protection i'll and look it be up and put a link maybe <laughs> Yeah, yeah, of course. Or I can send you the link and you can post it. Oh, yeah, that would be great. Um, definitely. Um, and it'll give you a track to place. So you can actually learn the mantra through the track, which is really beneficial because sometimes it's like tricky to learn in public, mm-hmm. you know, if you're not a singer. So mm-hmm. you can really go to town by yourself in your house, figuring out how to chant and what feels good, what feels good in your body and, you know, in the tuning fork of your spine. Um, so that's an awesome place to start, especially if you're a female who needs a little bit more of a, um, protective shell in public, um, can be a great, uh, place to start. Mm -hmm. Okay. That sounds amazing. I'll look into that for sure. And if you have a link to send me, I can put it in the show notes as well for anyone who would be interested in doing that. And it's so aligned with um, heart space and everything. So it's beautiful. Thank you for sharing this. Yeah, of course. And so before we we wrap up this conversation, which has been really, really amazing, uh, I want to ask you a few quick questions that shouldn't be 
too long, um, if that's okay with you. Yeah, that's great. The first is, what is your astrological sign? I know you mentioned your husband's, but we don't know yours. Yeah. (laughs) So I am a cancer. Okay. I am a cancer Pisces Virgo. Oh, okay. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, So you said you have a lot of water. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) What is your favorite quote or mantra? Oh, my goodness. That's a tough one. I have so many. Um, the first one that pops up. Yeah. So in my sadhana right now, I'm working with, uh, the mantra Ajayale, which is all about, uh, complete union with the divine. Oh, okay. That's beautiful. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And a favorite book that, or a book that you're currently reading? Yeah. The book that I'm currently reading that is absolutely amazing is how to break the habit of being yourself. Oh, Um, that's interesting. Yeah, it's awesome. Um, How to Create a New Mind, I think, Mm. is this like subtitle. And it's by um, Joe Disperenza, who's Mm, a um, really into quantum physics and uh, neurology. So it's, it's awesome. It's really reframing my idea of the quantum field and how to allow my emotions and my thoughts to align in a productive way to create a future that my husband and I want. Wow, that sounds amazing. It's definitely going to come on my list of books to read. (laughs) Yeah, Um, that's a good one. I'm guessing I know this one now, but I'm going to ask anyway. What's your favorite beverage? Is it coffee? Yeah, Uh, that's my guilty pleasure for sure. Um, Coffee is. (laughs) And then um, I'm really into lime water right now. Mm. Just like Mm -hmm. squeezing a fresh lime into ice water. Love it. Yeah, that's so refreshing. Right now, um, I'm in Dubai right now, and it's really hot already. So I'm just drinking lime or lemon in water every day, and it's so hydrating. I love it. Yeah. Um, Next question is, what is a dream destination, a place you would love to visit that you've never been to? Oh, Patagonia. Oh, yeah. Sounds beautiful. That would be amazing. Yeah, just the... Uh, mountain landscape looks incredible. Mm-hmm. I think I'd love to go there in the summer. Oh, this summer? <laughs> yeah, last year. Uh, maybe next. Okay. Yeah. Well, that's yeah. pretty close mm-hmm. already. That looks something to yeah. look forward to. Exciting. Definitely. And the last one is, uh, I don't know if you have an answer for this, but if you, what would you be doing if you weren't doing what you are currently doing? That's a that's a tough it's one. It's a tough one, I know. Because I just like so immersed. Um, what would I be doing if I wasn't doing what I'm currently doing? I would probably uh, travel a lot, mm-hmm. and yeah, I think. I mean, I just got so much in my early 20s out of visiting radically different spiritual communities and spending a lot of time in. Um, cultures that are very different than mine Mm -hmm. and I just I learned so much oh yeah I'm sure yeah so that would be probably that's on the agenda in the future for sure okay so it would be something that you would probably be doing Mm -hmm. anyway so that sounds amazing and thank you so much for taking the time today um for and having this conversation with me um how can I and the people who are listening to this podcast episode really support you. 
Well, I feel like you already have. I love that the way that we connected is how symbiotic this conversation was. So I'm deeply grateful for that. And I'm excited to see you doing your work in the world because that means a lot, you know, for, to every single woman and like mm -hmm. the energetic consciousness of women. So thank you. Well, thank you for and doing the work that you're doing. <laughs> Uh, just check out livelightlyyoga.com. I mean, that'd be awesome. If anything um, is interesting to you or you feel sort of this deep yearning, then you can get in contact with me there and, um, you know, stay connected to your inner spirit and your intuition, no matter what it looks like on the outside to anybody else. Mm, sounds beautiful. And your Instagram as well, is that something, a place that we can contact you on or follow you, your journey there? Yeah, that'd be awesome. So I'm live lightly underscore and my husband's live lightly underscore wellness. Okay. So it's pretty easy to find. Yeah, yeah. I'll put them <laughs> as well in the show notes so that they have all the resources there. Thank you so much, Sue, for this conversation. It was really, really amazing to talk to you. And well, I hope we'll stay in contact and just, um, yeah, thank you. Yeah, thank you so much. And I'm sure we'll stay in contact. I really enjoyed myself on this conversation. So that's it for today, friends. I really hope that you enjoyed this episode and today's conversation. And I cannot wait to talk to you again very soon. In the meantime, take care. And don't forget to subscribe on iTunes or on any podcast app if you want to support HeartSpace and if you enjoy these episodes so far. And it would also really mean a lot if you could take a few moments of your time to rate the show so that it can be accessible to more people and touch more lives. <laughs>